there, folks. This is B. Rish Outfield, and you be listening to the Rish Outcast. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter of me, then I thank you. I really, really appreciate it. There are people who want to encourage me to put out more episodes to the point where they're willing to pony up cash, dough, moolah, for me to to do more episodes. And boy, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and one of the things that they get in return for supporting me on Patreon is every month I do an address and I set forth my goals for the new month and talk about how I did with my goals for the last one. And I think that I started that in 2020. In January of 2020, I resolved to blog every single day and to write every single day. And I'm trying to remember what the goal was that I set that very first time. I think it was just the month of February. Every day in February, all 29 days of it, I will write. And uh, I was able to actually achieve that goal. And I maintained a pretty good pace there with my writing. And month to month, I would share how I was doing. And I would try and give a a little uh, anecdote, something interesting that had happened to me in the past month. If you're a Patreon subscriber, then you already know all this. And you're thinking, Rish, geez, it's been two minutes. Come on. Listen, I'm trying to get them to support me like you do. So some of the burden is taken off of your shoulders. Can't you understand that? So for the current month, the month that we're in right now, I set this goal of exercising. But when I exercised, when I'd go on my runs, I would listen to music instead of listening to YouTube videos or people talking. I found in the past that when I would listen to music, my imagination would run alongside me, if you will. And I would think about writing or I would want to write or I'd have ambition about sharing my writing with other people. But when I listened to podcasts or I listened to the news uh, or I listened to back in the days when there were talk shows, that was something that I would do every time I'd run is I would listen to a talk show. I found that I could only concentrate on that, on what I was listening to. So I've, I've been trying to do that the last couple of weeks. And there was a night when I was jogging and I thought, you know, I could write a sketch about the complaints I've been giving big about trying to get my protein up. And I sort of put that together in my head while I was running. And two or three blocks later, I thought, you know, I could also write a sketch about that music video I saw where the grandson was supposed to be cheering up his grandmother, but he was just too skeevy of a dude. It just looked like he was trying to get her into bed. So when I got home from running, I called Big Anklevich and asked him, and I pitched the two ideas to him. And I said, do you like either of these? And he's just like, I I like both of them. And oh, the way that I pitched them to him is, I would be this guy and you would be this guy. Usually when I 
write a sketch, it's with him and me in mind. You know, I will think of a part that I would like him to do, and in virtually every uh, situation, he has been fine with it. He's been gung-ho to play the part. And so um, this episode, what the hell? I'm going to present both of them to you. <laughs> so we'll call this one late night double feature. What do you think? <laughs> Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still. But he told us where we stand. And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear. And Claude Range was the invisible man. Then something went wrong for Fairey and King Kong. They got caught in a celluloid jam. And at a deadly pace, it came from outer space. And this is how the message ran. Science fiction. Double feature. Dr. X will build a creature. She androids fighting Brad and Janet. And Francis stars in Forbidden Planet. Whoa-ho-ho-ho-ho. At the late night, Double feature picture show. Should I keep going? No. I know Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. And I really got hot when I saw Jeanette Scott fight a triffid that spits poison and kills. Dana Andrews said, Prunes gave him the runes, and passing them used lots of skill. But when worlds collide, said George Powell to his bride, I'm going to give ya some terrible thrills, just like a science fiction, ooh, a double feature. Dr. X, will build a creature. She androids fighting, ay, 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 with Brad and Janet. And Francis stars in Forbidden Planet. Whoa-ho-ho-ho-ho. At the late night, double feature, picture show, on the back row, whoa, whoa, at the late night, double feature, picture show, I wanna go, oh, 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 oh. To the late night, 
double feature picture show by RKO. Oh, 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 To the late night double feature picture show. Terrible. <laughs> okay, well, I have to do this again. The lavalier mic is always on. Every time I pick it up, I was like, oh, I left this on? I le oh, I left it on all night? Oh, I left it on all weekend. Oh, I left it on since the dawn of time. But today I was recording, and I looked down, and it was off. So, the first of the two stories I will be presenting today is called Favorite Son or Grandson. If you are a... Uh, Patreon supporter of mine, thank you, and you will know the backstory of this already. Uh, I have a show I put out on Patreon every month or so where I look at a song, and I did one where I watched the video of the song, and uh, it seemed inappropriate somehow. And I'll just leave it at that. Enjoy, if you can, Favorite Son or grandson. Wash that man right out of my hair. Scene 14, take one. And action. Hey there, pretty lady. Why the long face? Oh, I keep thinking about your grandfather. Everywhere I turn, I'm reminded of him. He's gone, but you're not alone. You know that. But it's so hard. Come on. Let me help you think about something else. And cut. Hey, Justin, can, can I talk to you? Uh, what's up? You're doing fine, and I, I dig your intensity. But I just wanted to remind you that this is your grandmother here. But she's not really my grandmother, yo. No, of course not, but she is. You hear me? Like, keep in mind that she's your sweet, beloved grandma, and, and you want to help her. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Watch that man. Scene 14, take two. All right. Action. Hey there, pretty lady. Why such a long face? Oh, I keep thinking about your grandfather. Every place I turn, I keep getting reminded of him. He might be gone, but you know you're not alone. But it's so hard. Come on, baby. Let me help you think about something else. Oh, my. I cut. How was that? Well, I, I just said cut, so maybe not the best. No, I thought that was better than the first one. Yeah, maybe, but I'm still getting a bit of a vibe from you. That's wrong for the scene. You've got to remember that her husband just died, and she doesn't know what she's going to do without him. She... What's the line, Tilda? I sometimes think I'll never be loved again. And I say, I'm always going to love you, Grandma. 
Come on, let's go for a drive. Well, see, that's exactly the vibe I'm going for. You're supportive, you're loving, but not, you know, lecherous. What does that mean? Pervy. He, he means pervy. I can be a bit of a perv, yeah. That's kind of how I got my first sitcom lead. Want to hear the story? You know, I'm not circumcised, right? Uh, okay, okay, let's... Let's just get back to the scene. Now, now, just remember, you're here to comfort your grandmother. Yep, sure thing. Watch that man, scene 14, take three. Action! Hey there, you pretty lady. Why the long face? Oh, I keep thinking about your grandfather. Every place I turn, I keep getting reminded of him. There ain't no need for that. Not while I'm here. Why don't we go someplace? I'll make you forget all about that old fart. Cut. Justin, you're going way off script here. Just saying what I feel. Well, I don't think it's appropriate for the scene. Oh, I was really feeling his intensity. Yeah, I, I was feeling it too. Now, please remember that you want to help her. Your grandma... Get over the death of your grandpa. There's affection between you, but, but no attraction. I can't help who I fall for, Teddy. My name's Arthur, Justin. But I need you to remember that this is acting. You're, you're pretending to be related to Tilda here. So if there are, you know, romantic feelings, you need to keep them bottled inside. This isn't Justin. This is... A character you're playing. You get me? Oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, watch that man. Scene 14, take four. Hey there, sexy. Why the long face? Oh, I keep thinking about you. And cut. Justin, what was that? What was what, bro? You didn't even let me do anything. I, I know, but you called your grandma sexy. Does that seem all right to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just my pet name for Kind of like when I call my mom Shonda. And, and Shonda's your mom's first name? No, it's Constance. Justin, buddy, the script says, Hey there, pretty lady. Why the long... Pretty lady, sexy lady, it's the same thing, yo. Is it? Is it really? Okay, uh, fine. Let's change the line to, hey there, stranger, why the long face? What, so she's a stranger now? <laughs> I'm supposed to be helping a stranger get over the death of her boyfriend? Husband. Her husband of 39 years. Didn't you read the script? I don't remember. Well, she's not a stranger. She's your grandmother. A nice lady, but an old lady. No offense, Tilda. I'm, I'm not that old. I still have a lot to contribute. Oh, sure. You know, I, I didn't mean you didn't. Casey Affleck asked me to spend the night in his trailer on the set of Love and Chunder. And Vin Diesel put his hand on my backside in an elevator at the People's Choice Awards. And not accidentally, but right up in there, between both cheeks. My God, really? I think it's sexy. Go, Vin Diesel. Oh, thank you, Justin. We're, we're getting... Off track here. Justin, remember that it's not a nice, still perfectly young, older woman here. 
but your grandmother, the mother of your father. Yeah, sure. Got it. Watch that man. Scene 14, take five. Hey there, sweet lady. Why such a long face? Oh, I can't stop thinking about your grandfather. Everywhere I turn, I'm reminded of him. He's gone, but you're not alone. You know that. But it's so hard. It can get much harder. Just watch. Oh, I... And cut. What? You're cutting again? My lord, Justin, what was that? No, no, I was really feeling it that time. Yes, but what are you feeling, man? This is your grandmother. She's not a girl you met in a bar. She's not your lover. Well, not yet. Can you just hear yourself for a minute? Nobody is this forward with their own grandma, dude. Well, I am. With this lady playing my grandma, anyway. Couldn't we just try the scene all the way through and, and see how it feels? Oh, baby, just imagine how it'll feel. That's not the line! All right, yes, yes, just just go ahead. Grandma, your grandma, and action. I sometimes think I'll never be loved again. Of course you will. Over and over and over again. Oh, you think so? The things I would do to you? Cut! Were you just licking your fingers? The hell, man! Please, make me feel young again, Justin. You know you want it, Granny. Okay, this isn't working. Let's deal with this after lunch. I'll see everybody in one hour. Wow, Justin, maybe we could go somewhere private and run lines for a while. But you're my mother's age, yo. Ew. Keep those cards and letters coming, folks. Okay, so there's that. That that one, I'm I'm not thrilled with the title. Uh, Just yesterday, Big and I sat down and recorded it, and the title, I, I just called it Favorite grandson as a riff on favorite son and i thought well nobody's going to pick up on that so i put grand in parentheses favorite grand son but parentheses don't matter when you're reading aloud and it still didn't convey the message that i wanted so i ended up calling it favorite son or grandson and i don't like that either but sometimes you just have to know which battles to pick and for me that one was was it was it really that big a deal right to that i have a good title for just a sketch that's going to be forgotten five minutes from now but anyhow as i said before this one was inspired by a song that i reviewed on my rishon records show And I think it's called Ghost of You, but it could just be called Ghost. And it goes, and if I can't be close to you, I'll settle for the ghost of you. I love you more than life. And the whole reason that I picked that particular song was because I couldn't understand what the song was about. It's a Justin Bieber song. 
and I guess it was written by a songwriter who was writing about his grandmother. Uh, and then there's a music video, which I watched. And in it, Justin Bieber plays a guy, and Diane Keaton plays his grandmother. And his grandfather has died, and he decides to get her over it. You know, let's get you out there and live a little. So he takes her to the beach. He takes her to a, a bar. He takes her to a cockfight. He takes her to a nudie booth. And, yeah, she's getting over it. She's laughing again and having a good time. But the thing is, Bieber is not an actor. And maybe he is, but he's not a good enough actor to come across as a doting grandson. He just came off as a bit of a sleaze and a playa, and I kept getting this vibe from the video that he, he had sexual intentions toward Diane Keaton. I, you know, I mean, he's just, he's Bieber's natural, pervy tendencies just came out. And so I thought that I would do us a, a slight, it's really a slight parody of that. And yeah, I, I got big to be Justin. I never said his last name. So, you know, it's, it's not necessary that you know the backstory. I was going to have Tina Kolakowski be the grandma, and ultimately we had recorded it with two voices instead of four, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's totally fine. I, although I should have asked Big to do a, a racially insensitive voice for the script supervisor. Anyhow, that, that was that. I, I, I hope that you found it amusing. Uh, and if you didn't, I, uh, well, we've got another sketch now. So maybe I have a chance to redeem myself. The second sketch is called Doctor's Orders. And this one came about from me being told that I needed to up my intake of protein. And let's just go ahead. It's, it's very self-explanatory. Doctor's Orders. Doctor's orders. Gerald, hey! Oh, hi there, Bjorn. Long time to see. Yeah, been a while. Oh. Are you okay? What a long face. Oh, I, I just came from the doctor's office. One of those physicals you're supposed to get when you reach a certain age. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm almost to that certain age myself. Uh, they give you bad news? I'll say. The doctor told me I'd have to make all these changes in my life. Like a whole laundry list of them. Like what? No more drinking or eating red meat or that sort of thing? No, the total opposite of that. Like, I'm supposed to drink a glass of wine with every meal. Something about it relieving stress or some crap. Oh, no, I've, I've heard that too. It's supposed to be good for the heart. And I can't drink any more diet soda. Well, that makes sense. I'm supposed to drink the regular stuff from now on. Soda? You're supposed to drink it? At least 32 ounces. Every day. Doesn't that suck? Well, I don't know. I used to really like soda. Well, not me. So much sugar and caffeine. Oh, and he gave me these pills to help with digestion. Pills? Did you have a problem with... They'll make me poo 
every single day around seven o'clock, damn it. And you don't want to wake up that early? No, seven at night. Well, then what's the problem? But I'm going to be regular as long as I keep taking them. And it's supposed to be that kind of bowel movement where it's over in three seconds and you don't even have to wipe. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. Sometimes I'm on the toilet for like half an hour, like straining and sweating, trying to go, pushing so hard my nose starts bleeding. Well, none of that for me anymore, thanks to my stupid doctor. I don't see why you're complaining. It sounds like he's trying to make your life easier with all of these. Easier? I'm supposed to eat bacon or ham or ground beef or sausage with every meal. Uh, why? To get my protein count up. Apparently, it's insanely low. Well, that's because a dozen donuts are a surprisingly low source of protein. I wish somebody had told me that before I got addicted. I literally told you that every time you said, can we stop and pick up a donut or two? I don't remember that. And it was never a donut or two, or, or even ten. Oh, and did I mention the exercise? Oh, what, he told you to exercise? I'm big shock there. No, it's the opposite again. What's the opposite of exercise? What I'm supposed to do, I guess. He told me that exercise burns protein, so I needed to cut it out completely. Cut what out? When have you ever exercised? Well, now I can't. I'm not even supposed to take stairs, not if there are escalators nearby. So you're not supposed to exercise ever? Ever again. And you sound disappointed. Dude, you never exercise. I can't remember you ever having... I, I went to that gym back in 2019. Right. We stopped in the parking lot and you asked to use the restroom. Oh, yeah. But, but according to my doctor, even that needs to stop. I'm not supposed to even watch people who are exercising. Because you, what, might lose your mind and join in? Well, because I guess it might burn more of that precious protein. Ugh. Well, I'm just saying, you're complaining quite a bit about things that seem pretty sweet to me. Sweet? I have to get eight hours of sleep a night, uninterrupted. Can you believe that? Not really. I mean, I'm happy when I get six hours of sleep without the phone ringing or one of the kids waking me up because a homeless man is pleasuring himself in the pool again or my wife elbows me with all her might in the gonads but is pretending she's still asleep. Exactly. Who has time for eight hours of sleep? I... the... Uh, I guess. And did I mention the cigarettes? No, I mean, you quit it a long time ago. Yeah, but now I have to start again. He wants you to smoke. Yeah, at least a pack a day. It's something about those little hairs in my lungs. I've got too many of them. Oh, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, also, I have to weigh myself every single morning and write it down. Um, that makes sense. Uh, make sure you're keeping under a certain poundage or... No, no. It's to make sure I'm gaining weight. Gaining weight? He wants you to gain weight? At least 20 pounds. But, uh, you're not exactly Gia Karanji here. Who's Gia Karanji? That lady that got fired from The Mandalorian for saying Baby Yoda was only a puppet? No, Karanji was uh, a supermodel. Circa 1981, one of those uh, heroin chic things. I, I still don't get it. Uh, Kate Moss then. Larflin Boyle? You know, super skinny people. Ah. Well, why didn't you just say Callista Flockhart? 
Because then you'd go on and on about how Ally McBeal changed your life. I really do love Ally McBeal, man. I know, Gerald. I know. But the list's not done, Bjorn. And then I'm supposed to take my temperature every night before bed or coitus. Again, I mean, this doesn't seem like such a bad thing. Oh, yeah? You try sticking a glass thermometer where the sun don't shine right before attempting to fulfill your husbandly duties. Up there? The doctor makes you take your temperature rectally? No, that one I chose on my own. Oh. And then the doctor said I was to have sex with my wife three to five times every week. Three times in a week? What? Is this your honeymoon? Three to five, man. Can you believe that? I can't, actually. I think the last time my wife and I had sex was the night she'd been hypnotized. Otherwise, she never would have touched me. Well, Cheryl doesn't have a choice. What do you mean? Well, here. This is a note my doctor wrote for me to give to her. A uh, note? Let me... Dear Cheryl, out of concern for your good husband, in an attempt to prolong his life, certain sacrifices will have to be made. It will fall upon you or any attractive friends you may have to make intercourse with Gerald multiple times each week. Wait, make intercourse? What a gross way to put it. He uses the word fornicate at the end of the letter. So he does. Wow, and it really says three to five times and oral on bank holidays. Oh, that poor thing. Well, I feel sorry for both of us. In equal measure. And Cheryl will be willing to go along with this? She kind of has to. Though part of me is tempted to just rip up that letter. What? A doctor's note coercing her to sleep with you, and you want to throw it away. It's too much pressure, man. Oh, and read the end of the note. She's supposed to... Yeah. But it's not a leap year. It might as well be. Wow. I envy you, man. What? With a doctor as crazy as mine? This doctor, does he, you know, take referrals? I believe he does. He gave me his card. Well, could I, you know, give him a call? See if he... Wait a minute. What is it? This business card. You didn't say your doctor was Dr. Kevorkian. Well, that's right. Do you know him? No, but everything suddenly makes sense. Okay, well, I hope you liked that one more. As I said, I had a very low protein count, and so I was told to eat more eggs, to eat more meat, you know, get some bacon, ham, sausage, that kind of thing, and I was complaining to Big about it. And he's like, complaining? That, that sounds like a fantasy to me. To, to be able to eat more meat? More eggs? Holy moly. And yeah, I just, I didn't like that I was being told I had to do it. I didn't like that it costs money. Bacon costs a lot of money. And I was going to put a bit about that in here and then saying, yeah, the doctor gave me this coupon to the local butcher shop and I get five pounds of meat free a month from them. Ugh. And yeah, the whole thing was like big as, why, why are you complaining about something that I'd love to do? And so that spiraled into more. And 
there were going to be a couple other things that Big and I talked about when I came up with the idea that I didn't include. But like the cigarette thing was just an ad lib. It had been something that we'd mentioned that, you know, the guy had to take up smoking again. And then there's the ending. The ending is... Um, anyway, I've, I've, I find it to be kind of a fun sketch. And, and uh, yeah, the, the cigarettes thing, was that was kind of, kind of an ad lib. We did it in the middle. And, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this was a good sketch. But, you know, it sort of hinges on the ending. I didn't know how to end it. It's kind of like when you watch a Saturday Night Live sketch and you know that they don't know how to end it. And it's not like Monty Python where they can just interrupt the sketch and go on to the next one and say, oh, it's too silly or, you know, this has grown tiresome. Saturday Night Live will have to find a way to end their sketch and then the audience will applaud. And sometimes they're like, did that deserve applause? And so in my mind, it was like, okay, how will I end this? Uh, who could the doctor be? And so I thought, okay, it's going to be Dr. Mengele. But then I thought, well, Mengele is dead. And, you know, the things that he did are not very funny. It's a very, very dated reference. Okay. But then I came up with Kervorkian. And I know what you're saying. Like, the things that Kervorkian did are not funny either. And... Dr. Kevorkian is dead, but he has the most hilarious name, just a wildly comical name, and that's all that it, I needed. What I mean, it just made sense when I came up with Kevorkian that that's how to end the sketch, because Big realizes what's going on. Okay, so just a tiny bit of background on this. Big drove from Texas to bring his daughter back to school. I think she's in her senior year now, which is hard to imagine. He drove with her in her car and then was going to get a cheap flight back. And so he gave himself a few days in which he and I could mess around, hang around. And uh, one of the things, one of the goals that I had set was to record these two sketches. And so... We went for a drive. We went and looked at his old house. Although it wasn't an old house, they built it. Or they were the first people to move into it. And uh, now it is old. If you want to listen to his ankle cast episode, he does talk about that. He was disappointed at the condition of this house. And uh, I had hoped that he would bring his own microphone. We'd attach them to our lapels and then... We would have two channels and I could edit, just like when we record separately over the phone. Uh, it's, it's very useful to have two channels because often we can't see one another, so we interrupt each other. We talk over each other. We don't know that the other one is about to talk or is, you know, scratching their nose and that's why they're, they're silent. But... This time we just had my recorder, and so what we did, and we had done this before back when we would do That Gets My Goats episodes in his car, is we would put the microphone on the dashboard, point it in between the two of us, start it recording, then roll up the windows so there was no outside sound, and record it as fast as we could. And, and we did that for Favorite Son or Grandson. 
And yet, the car heated up inside so badly that every two or three minutes we would need to open the doors and get some air in there. And it it <laughs> it gave me a new appreciation for why you're not supposed to leave your pets in the car. So we did that for the first sketch. But then he suggested that we find a place with shade for the second sketch. And what we ended up doing was we parked on the sidewalk a couple of blocks from the elementary school and rolled down our windows. And I had had this idea of any ambient noise that you heard from outside would be fine for doctor's orders because we were supposed to be in a park. I never said that in the sketch, but I, I just, I, I like the idea of two guys meeting in a park and then you can hear birds, you can hear planes, you can hear dogs barking, you know, whatever noise you may hear outside is fine because you're in a park. But the problem was that the wind was blowing and I guess it somehow blew against the microphone. And so there were parts where you just couldn't hear anything but the wind. It sounded like we were recreating Twister. And so I edited the first one and it was fine. But Doctor's Orders, there were four or five lines that were completely inaudible. And so I marked them in the script and sent the script to Big and said, you know, will you re-record these lines? And I'll record the two lines of mine that were ruined by the wind. And he said, yeah, that, that, that's fine. Or if you want, we can just record the whole thing over again. And maybe that was my suggestion. Maybe it was his. But regardless, we did sit down and we re-recorded the whole sketch, but in a quiet environment. And I found something interesting. It wasn't as good over the phone as it had been when we were next to each other, when we were face-to-face. And part of it was that we could play off one another, depending on how, the look on his face or the, the way that he delivered the line, I would change the way that I delivered my line. But when we couldn't see one another, we, we could only react based on what we heard. And ultimately, I didn't think it was as strong a sketch. But, but, but you know me, I'm hypercritical. And so I didn't think it was as strong a sketch anyway. But since we had sat down and re-recorded it, I had those relines. I had the lines that had been ruined the first time, and I chose to just splice them into the recording that I had already made, the edit that I had already made. Then I thought, well, I will send Big the second version. And if he wants, he can do it on his show. He can run it on his show. And, and it'll be interesting because it's two different versions of the sketch. And, and it's a little bit like Saturday Night Live, which I, I know I talk a, a great deal about more than any other show. It's partly because that show has been such an influence in my life and I'm fascinated by it. It's also partly because there's so much written about it, so many interviews, so many making of so much stuff. I think Al Franken recently said that only Saturday Night Live has been written about more than World War II. Anyway, they will do a dress rehearsal on Saturday afternoon that they, they shoot with the cameras 
And based on how well the sketches go there, Lauren chooses which sketches make the show and which ones don't. I think that there's about a two-hour long dress rehearsal. And then the show itself is 90 minutes, but exactly 90 minutes, you know. And so sometimes sketches are running long every once in a while. The show runs short and the band plays for longer, but almost never is that the case. The point I'm trying to make is every once in a while, the dress rehearsal version is better. And when it comes to rerun the show, NBC will use the dress rehearsal version. Or they will use a sketch that got dropped in dress to replace one that bombed on the live show. And when you watch that stuff, when you see the difference, or you see a sketch that got cut uh, when Alec Baldwin was hosting, and then they did the same sketch two weeks later when Tom Hanks was hosting, and that one made the air, and you can compare the two with different actors or, you know, a very, very slightly different script. That stuff is fascinating to me, to see the, just the nuances and the, the little changes that happen, the ripples that happen because of one person saying a line differently or one person being swapped out for another. Not that what we did was live, but it was very, very close to live. And I mentioned that we did doctor's orders a couple of blocks from a school and there were kids coming out of school, kids coming home, and they were so so loud. Like, it seemed deafening to us. But what's crazy is the wind didn't seem deafening, and it was on the recording. But when the children walked by and Big and I would clam up like we were, you know, trading nuclear secrets, it was never particularly loud on the microphone. It just sounded like children playing on a playground in the distance. So when I was editing the second version, you know, over the phone, I didn't have the sound of those kids making noise. And in fact, I just cut it out from the outtakes at the end of this episode. But I wish that I'd kept it because it would be useful in further sketches. But um, anyhow, this part I am adding in right now just because I finished the edit. The show was short and uh, I'm about to put it out there now. And I thought, well, I could say a little bit more about the sketch about the two sketches. Well, I said plenty about the Bieber one. Okay, but while I was editing today, I did get an idea inspired by something that Big's character said in Doctor's Orders that made me think, well, I could write a semi-sequel where Bjorn is talking about the struggles that he's been going through. And, and I think that there is potential in that. As always, Big is game to do these things, and, and, and I appreciate that. It's good to have a friend who is willing to indulge you in the things that you like to do, even if they don't necessarily like to do it. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Anyway, I hope you liked it. I hope you like this show. I hope you like small animals that do you no harm. I'm always coming up with these things. I, I don't always write them, but I hope that you appreciate them when I do. And Big seems like he's pretty game to do them with me. And so thank you and take care.
Once again, we have reached the end of the Rish Outcast. And once again, I have been press-ganged into telling you it was produced under a Creative Commons 3.0 No Derivatives License. But no longer. No more shall I explain that you may download and share the file as much as you like, but cannot claim it as your own, alter it, or try futilely to make a quid or two from it. And this will be the last time I urge you to support Rish and my Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Rish Outfield, where you not only get episodes early, but get exclusive podcasts like the monthly rambling addresses or when Rish spouts rubbish about a song he once heard. And now that that's out of the way, I am headed for the door. Ah, Sweet freedom. But when worlds collide, said... George Powell. George Powell. But when worlds collide, said... George Powell. Said George Powell to his bride, I'm going to give you some terrible thrills, just like God. Boy, I can feel the heat this <laughs> fast. Yeah, that's why they say don't leave kids in the car. Oh, geez, there's two trucks, damn it. I love to leave <laughs> kids in the car. Replacing I was rolling up to see what I said before. <laughs> we gotta do the window uh, again. <laughs> yeah, it is getting really hot. <sighs> that okay. feels so nice every time it we does. open it. It does, yeah, it's really wonderful. Uh, <laughs> What, so she's a stranger now? I'm supposed to be helping a stranger get over the death of her boyfriend? Do it more Justin bieber yo. Okay. Street. The shitty way he talks. <laughs> what, so she's a stranger now? Nobody is this... Nobody is this forward with their own grandma, dude. It, is that the best word? <laughs> I feel like the microwave will be dinging. Ding. <laughs> You're all good. Your burrito is done. Yep. Uh, that, so that, that, we'll that blank. We'll have to go sit out under the shade for a minute before we uh, consider the second. Yeah, that works. So I blank. wrote this at the cabin when I didn't have access to it, like any thesauruses or whatever. Or but yes, forward the best word or, uh, you know, that's the word I, I mean. That works. Nobody's this with their own Coming grandmother. On, going it's not affectionate, uh, pansy, this, this, intimate. You want it intimate? No. Okay, so forward is the word for you. Do you want to get out and walk out no, for a second? No, I just... Because I think, I feel like we're at the end. Yeah, we're almost there. It's like, all right, let's take a break. What do you think? I added a yo in there. How dare I saw something that I thought was pretty funny <laughs> today. It was like a meme where they had a picture of some uh, of an escalator. It was pointing down the escalator. It's like... Ah, stuck on this escalator, been stuck on here all day because the power went out. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, You're evil. You know I can't use the escalator, I'll get sucked in. And yeah, maybe I should have mentioned that in my version, the grandmother is played by like a very elderly person. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, scrap that. Who cares? Do we wait a sec for these kids to come by? Yeah. Another set that's wanting to yell back and forth. Now they're on my side. No, they actually live at that house right next to us. We're scrags now. These little redheads. Disgust the horror. <laughs> and it's supposed to be that kind of bowel movement where it's over in three seconds and you don't even have to wipe. What do you think? Can we hear the jet? Uh, better safe than sorry. We'll... Yeah, the one thing I'm thinking about is this might be, I mean, not a ton of editing to do with it, but it seems like there might be a, hopefully there's not any weird clips because of the edits, you know, kids screaming or whatever in the background and then suddenly, doop. Well, you know, I'll probably put some bird song or something like yeah, that so that you won't... people can tell it's supposed to be in a park. Yeah, you won't notice any of the weird stuff. Uh, ever again. And you sound disappointed. Dude, you never exercise. I can't... I have a friend, he's an audio technician. A Russian friend that's an audio technician. And I have a Czech one, too. A Czech one, too. God, that's horrible. I hear children. Here, uh...